Hey, my friend, welcome along to the Medicinal Chef's Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm Dale Pinnock, the Medicinal Chef, best-selling author, nutritionist, and creator of Nutrition Coaching Monthly. Every week here in the podcast, I'm going to be answering your questions and discussing key topics around the field of nutrition to help give you clarity and to expand your knowledge. Hey, folks, how you doing? Hope you guys are all well. Well... The weather's on the turn. I was only saying on the last podcast that the heat kind of does my head in a little bit. And now I'm sitting here in my office, absolutely freezing my nads off. I've got like three layers on. So, you know, middle ground, middle ground. Anyway, I digress. This week's podcast is from a friend of mine, Emma. Emma got in touch to ask me about diet and blood pressure because her other half actually suffers from hypertension from raised blood pressure and this is something that our diet and lifestyle can have a huge impact on so it only kind of made sense that I cover it I'm surprised I haven't spoken about it sooner to be honest because it is something that can be profoundly influenced by diet so there's many reasons why blood blood pressure come on put your teeth in crikey I mean it's you know it's it's half past noon I can't really use the coffee excuse this time I'm just tripping over my words there's many reasons why our blood pressure can be raised I mean just transiently it could be relative to stress it could be relative to physical activity whatever there's lots of things that can influence it sometimes it can have no specific cause sometimes it can be purely diet and lifestyle so there's lots of reasons why it could be raised and not all of them can be influenced by diet for people that have got hypertension without any specific cause theirs is much harder to to manage people that have got raised bp really just through the kind of diet and lifestyle sort of issues it's much easier to actually do something about so with that in mind let's discuss that side of things now I guess the big um, elephant in the room has got to be salt we've got to talk about salt first because that's the one that's had the most discussion around it as we know we're advised to cut out salt because of its impact on blood pressure now this is kind of good advice but one of the things that we need to make sure of is that we understand what this advice actually means the thing that we need to cut out is excess sodium now sodium and potassium work in tandem in this context okay one of the things that sodium can do now bear in mind sodium is one of the most important extracellular ions in the body it's a mineral that has a vastly important role to play on cellular cross-membrane communication. If our, if our sodium levels get too low, it can cause some very, very serious health implications. It can actually cause um, coma and blackout. So we need sodium. But what we may need to make sure of is that we don't have too much. The reason being that too much sodium will actually slow down the movement of fluid, the movement of liquid, through the filtration mechanism of the kidney, the nephron. And what that will do, because it's slowing down the movement of of water, basically, of fluid through that filtration system, our body starts to hold on to more water than it normally would do. Obviously, you've got some some slightly more cosmetic issues there. You can get like, you know, puffiness in the face, you can get a little bit of abdominal water retention, you can get swollen fingers, those kinds of things. But 
more seriously, it actually raises, it increases the watery portion of our blood, the plasma. The plasma actually increases in volume. As the plasma increases in volume, it means the amount of blood within our vessels increases in volume as well. That obviously means, you know, simple physics, because the volume within the vessels has increased, and there's only a limit to how much give they've actually got, how much dilation they can actually go through. It means the pressure against the vessel wall increases also. So that's the first way that sodium can actually negatively impact it. The second way is that sodium is vasoconstrictive as well, so it actually causes blood vessels to tighten. You put those two variables together, an increase in volume and a decrease in the actual give of the vessel wall, you realise that the pressure against that vessel wall starts to increase quite drastically, so it can raise blood pressure that way. But, putting my chef's hat on for a second, there is no way that I'm not going to season my food. Not a chance in hell. So it's worthwhile knowing that there are better choices when it comes to salt. So I use things like a really good quality sea salt. The kind of sea salt, when you see it on the shelf, it's like that dirty, muddy grey colour. It's not pure white. It's got that, that, that dull muddiness to it. It's got that lovely flaky texture. That's an unrefined sea salt. Also, Himalayan crystal salt is a good option too. Yes, absolutely. Both of them contain sodium, but they also contain high levels of other minerals like potassium. Now, I said sodium and potassium work in tandem. Potassium actually increases the movement of fluid through the nephron, through that filtration mechanism in the kidney. Potassium has a diuretic effect on the body, so it actually helps to relieve fluid retention. Potassium is also vasodilatory. So if you've got a salt that has good levels of both in there, you're not going to tip the balance one way or the other. And also, if you're eating a good whole foods diet that's got loads of greens and all that other kind of stuff in it, as we'll see later on, there's other key nutrients that are going to be beneficial. So you put it all together, it's not going to have those damaging effects. So if you love seasoning your food like I certainly do, go for something like a good quality crystal salt or a good unrefined sea salt. So that's number one. The second thing, which is kind of closely related, I spoke about green vegetables, that kind of stuff, is the mineral magnesium. Magnesium is vasodilatory. Magnesium does help to relax the blood vessel walls. If the walls relax, the pressure against them is reduced somewhat. Magnesium you'll find in some nuts and seeds. You'll find mostly, though, in green leafy vegetables. Kale, cavolo, nero, broccoli, all of that good stuff. The chlorophyll in there is where the, the magnesium is found. Chlorophyll is very similar to human haemoglobin, but in, in haemoglobin we have iron bound to it. In um, chlorophyll there's magnesium bound to, bound to this kind of four-protein-like structure. If it's green, the magnesium is there. The darker the green, the more chlorophyll is there, the more magnesium is there. That simple. The next thing to talk about, this is something that I talk about all the time, and that is flavonoids. Now, flavonoids are polyphenols. They're in the, the, the phytochemical category of being polyphenolics. We don't need to worry about the um, like the, the nomenclature or the, the, the biochemistry of it particularly. It's got no relevance to you guys. You just want to know what it does. Flavonoids, you, you, you tend to find them in dark blue, purple, red coloured food. So you think blackberries, blueberries, red wine, dark chocolate, black beans, red onions, those kinds of things. Good 
sources of flavonoids. And what the flavonoids do, do, now these have been very widely researched here in the UK at the University of Reading under Professor Jeremy Spencer. There's a department there that's been doing no end of work on the influence of flavonoids on blood vessel function. And what they've found is that flavonoids can be taken up by the endothelium. The endothelium is the skin that lines the inside of our blood vessels. It's not just like a physical barrier. It's a highly biologically active skin. You know, it's it's not just a coating. It's got a lot of roles to play in vascular dynamics. The flavonoids are taken up by the endothelial cells, the cells that make up this skin. And once inside these cells, they cause almost like a localized metabolic distress. They cause these cells to freak out in, in a certain way. And when this happens, these cells will actually secrete a high level of a gas called nitric oxide. This is something that they actually secrete anyway as a normal part of regulating vascular dynamics. But the flavonoids just accelerate this whole thing and just cause a very, very aggressive release of nitric oxide. What nitric oxide does is move from the endothelium out into the smooth muscle that makes up the, the wall of the vessel and cause those smooth muscle fibres to relax. As the vessel relaxes, the pressure within it drops. And this has been shown in the, in the Reading studies beautifully. They used... Um, brachial blood flow they were measuring like flow mediated dilatation these kind of things again you don't have to worry about the terminology but their their, their study basically showed that the more the the higher the dose of flavonoids the higher the impact on vasodilation but of course there was a cutoff point because homeostasis always wins so one of the key things to do there is to make sure there is as much variety of color in your diet as possible particularly dark reds blues and purples blueberries blackberries red onions, red wine, all of that good stuff. Dark chocolate as well can be very, very beneficial. Now the next thing, something that, oh, I've not spoken about for at least two weeks, omega-3 fatty acids, of course they're in there. The omega-3 fatty acids, I've been going on about these things for years and why they're so beneficial to so many different aspects of our health. But in the context of blood pressure, the, the prostaglandins that are released when we actually increase our intake of omega-3, the series 3 prostaglandins, do help to have a vasodilatory activity as well. And they help to protect the cardiovascular system from excessive inflammatory damage. So a good overall thing to increase for long-term cardiovascular health. Then, of course, you've got things like stress management that becomes really, really important. For those of you guys that follow me on Instagram, and if you don't, by the way, what are you doing? Make sure you head over there, head over there now, follow me on there, just at The Medicinal Chef. I did a video, I placed a video up on there with some of my key tips for managing stress. I've also talked about it in the podcast as well, so review that. But stress management is of vital importance for keeping blood pressure down, because if you've got all that increased sympathetic tone going on the whole time, blood pressure will be continually high and stress is damaging in a multitude of ways so you know it's gonna be things like increasing intake of magnesium it's gonna be no, no, come on put your teeth in again it's gonna be balancing blood sugar all of that all of that kind of stuff very easy practical stuff and obviously you've got things like mindfulness and meditation and physical activity but they're things outside of my remit i'm not a trainer i'm not like a meditation teacher so i'm not going to sit there and tell you how to do it because it's just not my remit but there's loads of good guys doing amazing stuff online that can provide you with useful tools there so there we go emma that one was for you for 
anyone else that's trying to manage blood pressure with diet as well, those key tips are some of the important ways in which diet can make a difference. And then you've got the obvious things. Don't smoke too much. Don't smoke too much. Don't smoke at all, actually. What am I talking about? Don't smoke too much. Don't smoke anything. Smoke is daft. One of the most ridiculous things you could ever possibly do to yourself. Don't drink too much alcohol. Don't go mad with a coffee either. Try and control your stress. Eat a whole foods diet with those key elements that we've discussed making center stage. And that will, without a doubt, have a huge knock-on effect. So... Next week, there may or may not be a podcast, I'm not sure, on Sunday. It's uh, it's Thursday now. Sunday, I'm heading out to San Diego, going to an amazing event with like Tom Bilyeu, Lewis Howes, Brendan Bouchard, Dean Graziosi, all of those amazing people, just to kind of top up on um, you know on some of the few key business skills and that kind of good stuff so I can keep providing you guys with the best content I possibly can but it means whilst I'm overseas I may or may not get the opportunity to record a podcast if I do it will be up the audio may not be as fantastic as I'd like it to be because I won't have all my gear with me if not then there will be one the following week which reminds me if you've got a question you want me to answer here on the podcast drop me an email dale at the medicinal chef .co.uk, dale at themedicinalchef.co.uk, and I will get on the case. So as I said, head over to Instagram if you don't follow me already. It's just at The Medicinal Chef. Facebook, The Medicinal Chef. The website, give you three guesses. It's themedicinalchef.co.uk. So until next time, my friends, have an amazing weekend, whatever you get up to. Have fun, and I'll speak to you soon.